Welcome to this episode of Circle of Trades. I'm Todd Studer in studio today. Travis Waldstein, here, sir, keeping an air conditioning and council bluffs. Welcome back, sir. Hello, how are you? I am uh, wonderful. You were just on the road recently. Yes, I went to Minnesota yesterday, and I'm reminded, not just because they have terrible football teams over there, but the roads suck in Minnesota. <laughs> well, it's, and, and it, it's all the salt they have to put the, on them. That is the fact that you have to buy your beer in a state-run liquor store in Minnesota. Oh, I don't know how you have spent any time there at all. Well, that's just it. You can't go to Casey's, can't go to Walmart, can't do any of that stuff. That's just... That's a non-starting point. Real quickly, before you get into it, how's that swarm beer? What What is that stuff that I that, saw that you were the, talking about? The Exile Swarm. Oh, yeah. So uh, that we went to the dock at Council Bluffs to serve in that stuff. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's it, you can tell it's craft beer. Uh, really good. Looking forward to the cans. And then I heard that they're talking vodka. So my, my, my I've seen some Hawkeye vodka somewhere, but it was in a plastic bottle. So I don't think it had anything. Uh, yeah, to do with this, it. this is Hawkeye. Yeah, the swarm vodka is Hawkeye vodka. This can be filtered like five times. So my friend over uh-huh. here, Adam, can drink it, you know, as he does like the Tito's and water, you know, he thinks he's trying to lose weight or something, you know. Well, yeah, you brought somebody into the studio that is no stranger to podcasting. No, he's definitely not. So uh, it's my friend, Adam Dobbins. Uh, I deal with him on uh, the Nebraska Hawks Nest. He is he is the official Hawks Nester or pre- El Presidente or whatever title I want to give. How you doing, Adam? I don't really have a title. I don't think. Just I'm just there hanging out. <laughs> I like how when he introduces me, he says he ha- he gets has to deal with me. That's how, how does all this measure up against what you're using? I'd I'd like to you know have somebody pat me on the back. This here. is a little bit higher tech than what we're doing. And <laughs> it's, uh, under exaggeration, yeah. so. you, you don't have dehumidifiers and dogs and and wives walking in during podcasts like we do that yeah. when I'm at my house. I'm so. driving essentially a 1987 rusted out Kia. This is a little bit more like a Mercedes here. So. I'll take that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I can. T- big, big difference. So it's a great setup here. Very, very nice. Well, we appreciate that. And actually, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna bolt and let you guys just handle it because you don't need me here. No, don't. We want to make sure that your six-cylinder Dodge. You know, My six-cylinder Dodge. Yes, I know. Six-cylinder Dodge. We know that can hit at least 130. I uh, wouldn't have any clue what you're talking uh, about. Uh, I always obey all of the posted speed limits, regardless of where they are at. Yeah, I got a five. I got a five over in Lamar's Iowa yesterday. I was really happy. <laughs> five about over. Five over. Did he actually write the ticket? Yeah, he actually wrote the ticket. Oh my! Yeah. What he's neglecting to tell you is actually 13 over. He knocked it down for yeah. him. So. Okay. And, and then my cousin <laughs> happens to be right behind me going to Sioux City. He takes a video of me getting pulled over as he's driving by. So. Oh, there's there's a TikTok. Yeah, my cousin. That'll work. My cousin Ryan, guy, love you. So <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know you have good family, though. Like you got to pull over and take a picture of it, post that all over social media. That's hilarious. No, what I've told Travis before was, yeah, I have a I have a Challenger, but I, I bought the six cylinder because I only had the minor midlife crisis, not the major one. Okay, all right. Is this is it the six cylinder that's all wheel drive though? No. Okay. No. All right. Well, I was going to try to get on board and support you there because, oh. you know, when I was looking at getting one too, I, I saw they have a six cylinder that is all wheel drive. I'm like, hey, you could drive that year round then in the snow. There's no problems. I didn't have any problems last over the winter. Really? Now, I didn't get out and I wasn't driving, you know, long distances, but just in town, it was fine. And also the, the good thing on road trips, I have done as much as 34 miles to the gallon. 
That's okay. pretty good. With with a Dodge Challenger that weighs four thousand pounds. So I will yeah. take it. Yeah. That's pretty good. So you weren't you weren't doing loops or jumping the snow banks in the Lewis Central parking lot with that car? That wasn't me, no. Okay. Well, I, listen, <laughs> I got experience with that on a fire hydrant because of that scenario. So I had to ask that question. So how does the sound differentiate between the V6 and the Hemi V8? Like, is it a big difference? Uh, yeah, because you talked about that rusted out 87 Kia. Yeah. Sounds just like that. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. well, the muffler works, but I don't have the, no, I, you don't hear me rumbling going down the road. So if you no. think he's giving you a hard time just for the V6, wait till they come out with the electric challengers. And then at that point, people are going to be driving those and it's going to have the fake noise getting pumped out of it. That's something that's that, going to be that a real the fake issue. Heat, the, light, the light will glow, glow red when the heat's coming out of the dash. You know, yeah, so. it, one, of, one of the options coming out of the factory is the mower blade you can put underneath of it in order to run it around the yard. <laughs> yeah. If you hit the gas just high enough, bubbles come out of the exhaust. <laughs> so what do you feed the squirrels? That's what I want to know. Uh, I, I feed them a Green Bay Packer paraphernalia oh wow well hey i don't let me hear it that's all right no, let me hear it and then you guys uh, actually get into a well, topic I, here hey i know someone's got some white Sox paraphernalia that we can oh, definitely yeah. donate to the cause so. Sox. <laughs> i was gonna say i was wondering why the squirrels were looking so lazy and lethargic around here so. no it's i'm a i spent a lot of time in atlanta so i'm a, having come from northwest iowa where there are no sp- professional sports yeah, teams yeah i adopted everything in atlanta back in the 80s okay and okay. so yeah. i've been uh I've, I've seen the braves in three different parks all in atlanta oh and also once in wrigley okay um, and i was at the game that uh, michael jordan his last game in atlanta where they set the nba single uh, game attendance record i was at that game okay mm-hmm. so i've seen a lot of great things down there but you yeah. know, there's not a lot of Falcons fans and Braves fans well, around here. Well, there is one professional sports team in Georgia. It's called the Georgia Bulldogs, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we could talk about that, too. I'm not a Bulldog. Yeah, you know, it's 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 like the it's like Minnesota have professional teams because we know the Vikings aren't a professional sports team. At least they don't have any trophies anyway. So. I heard they might be moving to Arena League sometime. Maybe, maybe they play the Barnstormers. Yeah, that'd be a good or, game. Or they got the rage. What is it, the Council Bluffs rage? Or the it's it's going to be rage? the River City rage. Yeah, they've already made the announcement, so we can we can talk about that now because they put it all over social media that Council Bluffs is getting an indoor football team, and it's going to be called the River City Rage. That's cool. And that their first game is scheduled for March 3rd. Okay. And Bluffs Country has agreed to be the media sponsor, and I have agreed to do play-by on the games. Oh, so, uh, that's have awesome. You, have you figured out your color guy yet? Yeah, actually, I have. <laughs> I've already talked to him. Uh, his name is Mike Early. I used to do games with him up in Okaboji once upon a time. Okay. He lives in with his family in Bellevue now. So we are uh, we're getting the band back together. There, there, there you go. So do you need a banjo? I mean, since the band's getting back together, you know. If uh, if you've taken lessons and can come out and play, <laughs> we'll have you uh, we'll have you do the national anthem. All right, nice music bed. <laughs> right. You're introducing the team. All right. Well, I know you got to get your show on the road. Yep, I'm uh, headed out of here, uh, getting on the road, headed to New Mexico, and uh, going to take a few days, and then uh, we'll be back at it again uh, for the morning show on Bluffs Country. Remember, stop and lick some toads while you're going through Colorado. <laughs> so. I've I've heard good things. Yeah, no, there you go. There's pl- <laughs> there's plenty of cannabis stores just in case. You, you know. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, it's not Bud and Mary's like in Des Moines and Sioux City, but you no, know. No, it'll be just fine. <laughs> Jeez, right. That went off the rails quick. <laughs> yeah, it did. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> Take care, Todd. Adam, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. 
one of well, once you develop it yourself, yes, as I already explained, you you've started, you and a couple of your buddies started Nebraska Hawks Nest and uh you've for some reason invited me to come and tag along with this event. But adopted. Uh, adopted, yeah. I'm like the redhead stepchild. I'm You're part of the family. Yeah, there you go. Every family needs one though, and every family has one. You're just ours. <laughs> That's right. The whipping it keeps on ticking. So uh but you know, we're talking circle of trades. We're t- I'm trying to talk to young people about getting into trades and businesses and yours is not what i would consider a typical you know you're not fixing furnaces or air air conditioning but marketing is a huge part of my business if you you know a lot of businesses whether it's construction or remodel and that kind of stuff marketing becomes it comes becomes an important deal yeah so, you know, and I know you work for uh, Energy over in Omaha and they're um, uh, in their media department. Well, you're, you're out talking to people like me about doing media and different options between just not radio and TV, but Facebook, yeah. you know, all this different stuff. So want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, explain kind of what you do, you know, kind of how them, how that fast, how the heck you got into it, Yeah, you know. So I'm going to let you... Speak for a couple months. So I'm a multimedia account executive is the technical term for it, NRG Media in Omaha. And really what our job to do is to really uh, shine a spotlight on our clients, on what they're doing, help them grow their business, and really connect them with their target demographic. Um, we do that through uh, multiple different mediums. We go through obviously radio, you know, 101.9 The Keg, The Zone, Sweet 98, um, Power 106, La Nueva, uh, News Talk Coil. So we have a lot of awesome radio stations. We, we really pride ourselves too of being the, the only local group of radio stations in Omaha that actually has local talent in studio. Um, so if you're really wanting to grow your brand through the radio, through local talent, people that actually live in the market that aren't broadcasting from halfway across the country, NRG is the way to go. They really connect, the on-air talent connects with the brands and connects with like an AirServe or, you know, other companies that we have. I have a lot of clients of mine that, you know, the on-air talent really builds a connection with with the business. And you get a lot more of, and if you, you know, you read up on it, I'm, I'm a radio geek, so I love to read up on this stuff. But if you read up on the articles, the relationship that consumers build with radio is such a more intimate, um, loyal relationship than they do with any other medium, especially television. Um, people are like, oh, nobody listens to radio anymore. Uh, yeah, they do. They listen to it a lot. And the ones that aren't listening to it as much are streaming those exact radio stations. So, if you are a business and you're looking to connect with an audience and build brand loyalty, radio is probably one of the best ways to do it. You get on there and the listeners have that, like I said, intimate relationship with that show. They listen to Sharp and Hanley, you know, any other shows like Nikki and Spicoli on Sweet 98. That's their show. That's what they listen to every single day. And so they hear that consistent advertising on those stations. Those start to become adopted as that's your company. That's that's my place. Like I'm I'm listening. I'm here in AirServe every single day on my radio show. If I need my HVAC worked on, I'm calling AirServe because I feel a brand loyalty toward them because they're on my show 
every single day. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the really great parts of the radio side. And then we have the whole entire digital portion too, which is massively growing like crazy exponentially. It's the fastest growing part of our business. Radio is super healthy, uh, going really, really well. And, you know, with the radio part too, just anybody, what I've run into is when anybody's like, I don't have any interest advertising on radio. It's either two things. They've either never done it before, they've never tried it, and and then they don't understand the power of it and how successful it can be. Or they've done it for a, a month, didn't see the immediate results, and they bailed on it. With radio, it's really about building your brand. And um, getting known before you're needed. That's what I always say. If you want to be successful in business, you need to be known before you're needed because 80% of all consumers are going to do business with the first business that comes to mind. That other 20%, it's going to be because the business either A, dropped the ball or they couldn't get a hold of them or the consumer had a bad experience. So that's the important part. You want to stay relevant with that with, with the consumers because if you're not, you know, you're going to you're going to fall to the back of the line. If you're on that second or third page of Google, they call that the graveyard for a reason. You know, you might as well bury the business. Yeah. You've obviously got a passion for it. So, I mean, obviously, and you stated as such, but so let me ask you, what got you into this? I mean, you're from Des Moines originally. Yeah. Go Hawks. Yeah. You you, you live on the wrong side of the river, but I won't hold that against you. Nobody's perfect. So, but, you know, um, was this something like when you were in high school, was something you looked at and said, hey, I want to get into it, you know, and it was way different back then. I mean, I graduated in 1991, and so, like, when I was growing up, I'd listen to AM radio. I would try to see if I can get the furthest station I can, like, stations in New Orleans and Chicago, yeah. Denver, you know, on AM radio. Of course, it's it's totally changed now because you have, you know, all these conglomerates, and, you know, I know there's the big... You know, there's, you know, iHeart seems to be the, I don't want to say Dami, but the one that a lot of people seem to know. Yeah. They've, it's changed the medium for, for better force. But what, what said, hey, I want, this is what I want to do. You know, when you were in high school, when you were going to school before your dad taught you to go in the, in the Wayne State instead of <laughs> Iowa. Yep. You know, so kind of, you know, what got, what got you heading this direction? Well, originally my goal and passion, I wanted to go into radio. And I co-hosted a radio show when I was a junior and senior in high school. And we had some success, had some uh, shenanigans and some antics that we did on there that were pretty funny. Some found funny, some found a little distasteful, <laughs> probably. Um, but we had a good time. And you know, luckily for us, we were kind of discovered by a local alternative rock station there uh, right outside of Des Moines. And uh, they came in, started uh, listening to our show pretty religiously and offered us a job right as we were leaving high school. And so I get this contract and I look at it and I'm like, you're going to laugh here. (laughs) I'm reading through it and I'm like, okay, like, I think we've just made it like this is meant to be, you know, this is going to happen. And I look at the annual salary and it says $20,000 a year. And I, you know, keep in mind too, this is back in 2000. Okay. Yeah. But $20,000 a year and I'm 18 years old. I'm like, I have no concept of how much money that it takes to live off of a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, God, that kind of sounds like a lot of money. I'm like, that, that might be awesome. You know? So I go home and I talk to my parents about it and they were like, um, you living under our roof 
just here costs about double that, triple that a year. <laughs> um, you are not going to be able to live off of $20,000 a year. And um, the more I started to develop relationships with the people at the station, the more I started to realize everybody there on air was struggling financially. They're all broke. Everybody was broke. <laughs> uh, people were late on their car payments. A lot of them, most of the cars that were in the parking lot looked like they shouldn't have been making payments on. Yeah. Like they looked like they should have been given to yeah. them or picked up at a junkyard. Yeah. But then you look at the nice cars in the parking lot, the nicer ones were the sales executives and the management. And so mm. at that point, you know, you start to rethink things. And I love the radio business. It's just odd that on-air talent, it's such a, a hard skill to hone. And you need a lot of natural ability, but then you, you grow it as time goes on. It's not compensated like it should. Those guys should be making significantly more money than they are. But I just started to develop um, a passion for helping helping businesses and for the sales slash account management side of it. I There's nothing more satisfying than helping a client that is just starting out and they start out with like a $1,500 budget between digital and radio. And I can think of three or four offhand right now. And by month six, we're, I've already quadrupled their budget because it's working. The radio is uh, working, the digital marketing, the, the display ads, the geofencing that we're doing, the, you know, in banner videos, the connected TV, everything. There's so many different things. Social mirroring, you know, social media marketing on Facebook, Twitter, it's working. People are engaging with it. And the great part about digital, which you can do in radio now, but in digital, a lot more. You can track its success. You can see the reporting. You can see, okay, what we're doing right now isn't hitting like it should. We're not getting the engagement that we need for this to be successful. Yeah. And you can make tweaks to it as yeah. you go. You tweak and you adjust it. That's interesting. So I'm, I'm going to flip you over to the other side for a minute because you got, you've got your the podcast, like I said, with the Nebraska Hawks Nest, and, and obviously we're both huge Iowa fans. Talk about that because that spectrum has really taken off. Yeah, I'm going to say the last 10 years, but really for me the last two years is when I've st- you know you're starting to see it be – more the norm. Obviously, there's a radio side of it in the yeah. market, but talk to me about the podcast side of it. Some because, and I know it's fun for you; it's something you like to do. But there's some people out there, you know. I mean, the Pack McAvees, the Joe Rogans. I oh, mean, yeah. kind of talk about that a little bit because that just—I don't want to say it's the future necessarily, but I mean, it's definitely out there. If you want to get noticed, you, you know. So talk talk about that a little bit. It's definitely a big chunk of the future. It's getting a bigger and bigger piece of the pie as time goes on. The big thing with that is the world's noticing there's a lot of talent out there that's not necessarily in the radio business. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that you know would, would be in radio, probably like myself, if on-air talent was compensated uh, a little bit better than they are. But the great part about podcasts is it's a lot more, I would say, targeted content. So with, say, you and me, we're Hawkeye fans, okay? We're, we can go out and we can listen to Hawkeye-specific podcasts about things that football recruiting and, you know, the transfer portal and things that we're really into. Like, what are the, where are the Hawks mm-hmm. projected to go this year? With radio, you're delivered the content that they are delivering that day. They might be talking about the Huskers, which I, mean, I don't know many people that want to listen to that. But, or, you know, or the junior varsity uh, program in the uh, state of Iowa, uh, Iowa State. Uh, yeah, yeah, or they're talking, yeah, they're talking about the Vikings or the Cowboys or, you yeah. know, what, what, whatever else they're talking about. Yeah, nobody has time for that. So <laughs> we, we want to, you know, we want to hear about the Hawkeyes. So there's a lot 
lot more specialized content out there. And, you know, that was one thing that frustrated me about the, uh, not to go off on a tangent, but the administration, it's, uh, the athletic administration at Iowa with, with Gary Barta and Steve Rowe, who are both now on their way out, they didn't see value in podcasts. They didn't see value in having their players and coaches appear on podcasts because it's just to them, it was some rinky dink thing that some guy that lives in his mom's basement is, is doing just for a hobby to try to, you know, find a way to connect with athletes. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll throw a couple different ones. I, I was going up to Minnesota yesterday, uh, washed off walk-ons, um, yep. you know, and obviously former Hawkeyes, there's another one. What's the Hawkeye Swarm, I think is what they call it. I mean, there's, if you want to go find, if you want to find podcasts on the Packers or Iowa or whatever team or whatever, or something you like. I mean, you know, there's gardening podcasts. You oh, yeah. Know. My, my wife's huge into that. So, so here's kind of, you know, this is all taught about, you know, this is about circle of trades. And, and listen, I know you got a master's of science degree and, and good for you. I give <laughs> it a bad time because it's got dem, M dot S. And first time I said, does that stand for Mrs. or what is that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I worked hard for that. So I'm putting it on there. There you go. So, but you know, a lot of, you know, the people that I'm trying to get excited, you know, that are looking at opportunities, alternatives. Obviously, you have a degree. You went to Wayne State. And you got your master. Did you get your master's at Wayne State too? I got you? my master's at Wayne State and my bachelor's at Union College in Lincoln. Okay. I started out at Wayne State, transferred to Union, so it's a little bit of a path. Graduated from Union and then went back, got my master's at Wayne State. Yeah. If you didn't have the Hawkeye tattoos, I might might have checked that out a little bit. All make right. sure make sure it says you spent time on Lincoln, but uh, fair. fair. So, um, but, you know, talking to youth, 15, 18, you've got, you've got kids that are getting close to that age, you know, that are, you know, maybe they don't want to go to school, but they want to get into this or, you know, hey, they, they like the idea. Maybe they like TV. They like radio. You know, not everybody's going to go out to Hollywood and be a television star. I mean, yeah. I've got a face, I got a face and body for radio. Just ask me. As do I. Yes. So talk to me about, you know, if you're talking to younger kids, let's say you're talking to your son or your daughter, your, your sons or your daughter, talk to me about what that would, you know, what you might tell them if they want to get into broadcasting or get into the broadcast stuff, but they didn't necessarily want to go, go to school. You know, what kind of avenues could they do? Because it sure seems like, you know, with the radio side, I'd probably say more so, but with the podcast side, it seems like it's more freelance if that makes sense yeah yeah so i before i even started the podcast i i was like okay if i get going on this i'm not going to just go out and start shooting from the hip i did a year worth of research on how to do it listening to podcasts and making sure that i wasn't going to go out there and fall flat on my face and make a public fool out of myself which we kind of already do on a weekly basis but we still as we make fools of ourselves fairly know what we're doing so I wanted to make sure that I could do that part of it. So I would say if you're looking at doing a podcast, listen to some of your favorite podcasts and write down things about them that you really enjoy. Find something that you're passionate about. The passion behind it is what's going to fuel it, and people are going to be able to hear that on the uh, on the other end. It, it, and it doesn't matter. It could be the weirdest thing in the world. There's other people out there that are going to listen to it. That's especially why podcasting has become such a strong format is that everyone's voice can be heard, and there's always going to be somebody that wants to 
uh, absorb that content, even mm-hmm. if it's the oddest, most offshoot thing in the world, there's probably an audience for it. Mm-hmm. So with that part of it, I would definitely just, you know, reach out to some people that are doing podcasts, ask them. We've slowly upgraded things and gotten better equipment and better things to to do the podcast because, hey, I'll have somebody on an interview and I'm like, God, the quality of your microphone's amazing. Like, what are you using? Mm-hmm. And so I got a Samson. I love those. And I told you about yeah. that. And it's an affordable microphone. I feel like, you know, especially for... A podcaster, you know, it's really great quality. It's not a $1,000 microphone, but for the money, it, the sound quality is great. It, it, and just go out there and, and, you know, cut your teeth. Go for it. You know, take the swings and try to. You can do a podcast and not mass distribute it. And mm-hmm. just to get some practice in. With the radio side of it, there is lots of internships and lots of ways to get your foot in the door. You need to reach out and you're going to probably have to work for free, you know, to get started, especially when you're right in school or right out. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's part of it. But yeah, I think radio and television, because if you go out to California, I mean, let's say you go to California, you go anywhere, studios. I mean, a lot of the people essentially starve and work full time, you know, before they quote unquote get discovered. It's it, it listen. It, if you want to get into the TV part, it's really hard. Radio, it's still difficult. But if you have the drive and the desire to do it, absolutely, you know. But even on the marketing side, you know, like I said, you know, if you, you know, if, if my thing, this is kind of my experience. You know, you don't necessarily have to have a degree for for marketing per se, but you need to be able to read people. And understand likes and wants, and you know, at every you know, everybody now knows how to run a computer, even me, which is kind of scary, you yeah. know, you know, and and be able to you know, and and be able to adjust, but it it, it takes time. You you don't become a master marketer overnight by by any stretch or get discovered. You're going to have to put some time in. And frankly, you probably have to make some mistakes to learn from what not to do. Am I correct or no, am I wrong on that? You're 100 percent correct, and. The, you know, when I was coming out of high school, it, that whole feeling was out there that if you don't go to college, you're going to be, be a failure. That was essentially, you know, the message that was being sent out. And so anybody that wasn't going to college when I was coming out of high school, you're like, okay, that guy's going to be a loser. Well, that's completely inaccurate, completely wrong. It's just that these guys now that didn't go to college essentially are making just as much money or more as a lot of the people that did go to college without all the debt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a big topic of conversation right now, too, is, you know, is college worth it? You, you got to really decide, hey, like, do I, if I want to go be on air and be on the radio, is being going to college necessary to do that? And in my opinion, no, I don't think it's absolutely necessary. If, you know, you're coming out of high school and you think, hey, like, I absolutely want to be on the radio. That's my passion. That's what I want to do. I, highly recommend just go get a job at a radio station and, you know, do an internship and just stick around and pick up as much work as you can do. Continually try to get better every single day and you'll eventually get there. If you're doing something that you're absolutely passionate about, and this is something I didn't have the perspective on when I was 18, 19 years old, it shouldn't matter how much you're going to make and how much you're going to get paid. If you, if you love it, you will, the money will come. If you love what you do, it's not a job. And there's days that I think this sucks, but I love what I do. And so it's not a job. Yeah, it's part of what I do. And sometimes I do put in too many hours. But it's the same thing with radio. It, yeah. It's the same thing. If it's not your passion, then you know maybe you need to be doing 
something else. So I think that's a very, very valid point to what you say there. So Yeah. If, I mean, if I could go back when, you know, I was 18 years old and give myself any advice, it would be don't necessarily worry about the paycheck you're going to be getting. If it's something that you can see yourself doing and doesn't seem like, God, that'd be horrible to do every single day. Give it a shot, give it a run and give it everything you have. Give it two or three years and just bury yourself into it. And that's what I wish I would have done. There's a couple things. You know, one thing I really wanted to do on top of broadcasting, I really uh, had a passion for, you know, sports marketing and like sports apparel. And I, I really wanted to work for Nike and wanted to move out to Portland and help help design college football, college basketball, pro sport, uniforms, helmets, things like that. And I just, I got intimidated by how competitive it would have been. You'd have to move to Bremerton. You could not live in Portland. You, you, you're too much like me. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. I I like Portland a lot. It's very much to me like a city that's fun to visit, really cool to be in. I don't know if I could live there. So I, I think you're accurate on that. But I, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to work in work for Nike and I just was like, I let the, how difficult it would be potentially scare me away from doing it. Now you look back and I look and I've met people that work for Nike and I'm like, I absolutely could have done that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you've got to be dedicated. If you want it bad enough and you put in the time and the effort and the focus, you can make literally, and I tell my kids this every day and just like everything else I tell them, they look at me like I'm an idiot. But if there's anything that you want to do, regardless, if it's, you want to own your own HVAC company, you want to work for Nike, you want to be, you know, the biggest on-air personality on the radio, just stick with it. If that's your passion and what you want to do, do it with reckless abandon. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be roller coasters. There's going to be times where you're like, I have hardly any money in the bank account and things suck right now, but activity breeds results. Mm. And that's the biggest thing I've always lived by. Activity breeds results. Even if things aren't going great as a multimedia account executive NRG, I know that if I keep grinding every single day and keep doing what's best for my clients, constantly focusing on their campaign strategy and learning their business, getting to know them, building that relationship. It, 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 it's a law of averages. It continues to grow and grow. You're going to have just like, you know, the stock market, there's going to be, you dump all your money in there. It's going to go down some days, Mm -hmm. but overall it'll continue to trend up as time goes on. And then you look up in five years and you got 30 grand more than you had when you started. That's kind of what, what can I kind of take away from this is obviously your passion for what you do. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's pretty cool because there's a lot of people, this job sucks. And I think that's a what a key takeaway for anybody that's especially younger in high school, figure out what your passion is. Uh, you know, yeah. because, you know, whether it's, like I said, doing HVAC or getting to the trades or, you know, if, if you want to be that one that goes that four-year school, yes, even that one in Lincoln, but, you know, we won't talk about that. But you know, you figure out what your passion was, and obviously here you are, you're, you're in your early 40s, and you're you're a marketing executive doing it, and, and but the avenue that you've taken, you've been exposed to lots of different experiences, which is fantastic, which made you, has made you into what you're doing now, and who knows what the next, you know, 10 to 20 years yeah. look like. Yeah, that's the, the one thing that you need to remember, and I try to tell people is if you aren't making mistakes from time to time, you're not putting in enough effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're playing it too safe and yeah. you need to push yourself. And especially like, you know, we talked about tying it back to, you know, working in HVAC. I've a lot of my close friends growing up, they own their own HVAC company. Now they just knew they had a calling 
you know, inside of them that that's what they wanted to do. And I saw a situation on social media that popped up where, you know, the enjoyment they get out of it, you know, somebody that they knew their air conditioning went out on a hundred degree day and they were able to get there and get the system replaced. It needed replaced and fixing it and completely restoring the comfort of those people in that home is what makes them tick. Mm -hmm. And that's an honorable profession. That's something you can go home at the end of the day and be like, I really made a difference in these people's lives because if I wasn't there and I didn't take care of this for them, they'd be miserable right now. Well, here's the thing. That's why I tell people, I do heat and air conditioning for for a living, but I'm in the people business. And I think anybody that's in business is in the, you know, people are the one, you know, yes, AI is coming. I know, but you're still in the people, but people still want to do business. They want to do business. They know, like, and trust. And when they have a problem, yeah, you know. Uh, you know, that someone's going to take care of them and it's going to be as enjoyable. And they, listen, spending a bunch of money on a furnace and AC is not, listen, it's not like going buying countertops or a new car. I'm going to call for what it is. Yeah. But you know what? You get somebody you know, like, and trust is going to take care of you. Same thing on the marketing side. If you got someone you know, like, and trust is going to take care of you, it makes it a little bit e- easier. And, and so pr- price isn't the primary point. I mean, if price is the primary point, then obviously it, it's, it's the wrong situation. To, yeah. to, to be discussed and begin with. So, but. well, then the biggest thing too with you, Travis, is you know, people want to do business with people that they like and that are genuine, and you genuinely care about your clients and your customers. And you know, they're, they're not clients to you, they're, they're customers, they're friends, they're people that you care about. And that's what's made you guys successful is the genuineness behind your business, how much you guys care about helping people. Oh, yeah. You know, despite all my quirks, despite my Facebook page, you know, a lot of others, but, but nobody expects anything different either. It's just kind of what it is. And, you know, that's the thing, though. If anybody reads off just the social media and says, that's Travis. No, that's the piece of Travis. That's one small, that's one piece. But the other piece is the genuineness and, you know, the deep caring for other people. And that's why you've been successful in what you're doing is, you know, on top of the knowledge of the trade and, you know, and running a successful business, but the genuineness that those clients can see and those customers can see when you go in and talk to them, you know, I, I'd brought up a situation to you that, you know, with, uh, with my son, he's, you know, taking basketball lessons at a place I'll leave unnamed, you know, one-on-one individual basketball development. And we're going to continue to do it, just not with this academy that he he was working with because the communication was terrible. They treat you like you're just a number. And there, it was just a very impersonable experience and they don't, you don't feel like they are personally invested in you or your, or your child. And so it's like, okay, it's time to move on. You know, we're paying a premium price for, in my opinion, not a premium product. And, you know, with, with what AirServe and Council Bluffs is offering is, you know, the, the skill with genuine caring for the customer behind it. Clients see that. That's why they continue to come shop with you guys. And that translates to almost any type of business that you can run. Yeah. And, and that's what we try to do every day in business. So, but anyway, well, uh, so we're going to wrap this up here, but uh, obviously Adam, he works for energy uh, radio in Omaha. Sorry, Walnut media. I know we're in your studio today. So that's I have a beautiful <laughs> studio. <laughs> it is. It, it, this is a cool place. It got over. It really is. A lot of cool people, oh. beautiful building. Like I, I'm impressed. This yeah. is a very cool place. Todd, Todd's a great guy. Peggy's great. Um, they got the intern, they got the intern out there and I'm terrible with her name, but she's fun to talk to. So, uh, um, they got, and they do the morning show here. So it's, it's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, if you ever want to hear Adam, obviously, 
if you're list, out listening to radio, everybody knows I. Everyone list, knows what I listen to on the radio, or maybe you don't. Either eighties, it's, it's either old country, eighties, or I'm listening to sports talk in Des Moines. So that's my messed up world. So hey. everybody knows it, but. Uh, you know, if we listen to some of my Adam stuff and energy, if you got questions on marking, and then obviously we got the Nebraska Hawks nest, which I know he's you know huge into. It's fun to be involved with. But if you want to hear some Hawkeye talk, or you know, if you're an enemy, and I guess you want to listen to smack from your enemy, you know, so, sometimes it's better to know what your enemies are doing than what your friends. <laughs> That's why I oddly kind of like to listen to Husker sports stuff a little bit. Like I love to hear the delusion and a lot of the oh, we're back. You know, they signed a couple. Of Good recruits, we're back. Mm. You know, Matt rules the coach now. We're back. Okay, well, I thought you were back when Frost was there, when Mike uh, Riley was there, all these other hires. When uh, you know, it's it, it that I I enjoy listening to their radio from a completely different side of the spectrum because I love to hear. It's just like you step into another country and you get to hear how they live. You just wait for them to be disappointed again. It's kind of like you know what, you know how, how you know. Of course, we finally got ours last year in Iowa City, but. Paybacks, paybacks coming. That's all I'll say about it. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. We're bringing the Corn Belt back to Iowa City. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's going to be ugly this year. I think the Hawks are going to have a great year. Uh, I think. Uh, I don't think I know. We are definitely getting overlooked. We're not in a lot of the top 25 projections. Uh, I definitely think we're going to make a trip to Indy to the Big Ten Championship. I, I really, for Cade McNamara's... Um, for for his benefit, I would love to see us play Michigan and, and beat him. Yeah, after the yeah. podcast, one of the podcasts I listened to yesterday, they had Brad Heidrich on. Absolutely, last thing talking about that uh, with with uh, Iowa stuff. Uh, Exile or you know Exile's got the Swarm beer. Uh, uh, Doll distributing locally. My understanding is is a distributor here in Western Iowa, and I think in Des Moines too. I know that the, the dock here in Council Bluffs has it on tap, and I believe by the end of the month. Uh, most of your high V stores will have the beer on top tap. They've talked about vodka this fall. And from what I heard yeah. yesterday, they're actually going to be selling the beer in stadium at Kinnick this fall. So, uh, great. so, you know, I mean, if you want to go out and support the Hawks and you don't want to make a donation to the swarm, just go buy beer. It's okay. It, <laughs> it'll go to the same cost. 20% of all the sales go to the NIL program for the university of Iowa athletics. So if you want to help, you know, if you're like, Hey, I just don't have enough money in the budget to, uh, to donate, a lot of my funds to the athletic department, start buying the beer, Dude. switch over and just, you know what? Everybody loves the bush light. You know, uh, it just, it might be time to maybe start buying some swarm gold yeah. nail. Yeah. 20% goes to that. And that's how we're going to compete. That's how we're able to get, you know, our, our transfer class this year was one of the best in the country. And that's a lot to do with Brad Heinrichs and the swarm collective. Yep. Buy beer, and then when it comes out, buy vodka. And no, it's not Hawkeye vodka that's been filtered five times, despite what I've said earlier. Yeah, I, it just is is anal is that athletic administration is about using the Tiger Hawk in the Hawkeye name. I'm blown away that they've let that bottom barrel vodka go out with the name Hawkeye Vodka on it. That stuff is shouldn't even be sold in public. No, it, it really it's should. It's terrible. But, but then that team over that team over at Ames, Iowa State, you know, they got Ames Lager that's made by West O Beer, and it's already saw the can that said Lames Lager. Lames Lager. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, if anybody wants to have some piss water beer, uh, there you go. Just, I mean, literally everything they can do, like they're not even trying to be creative about it anymore. Anything they can do to copy off the University of Iowa like have an original idea yeah. you know you don't want the perception of little brother anymore mm. 
Come up with some original ideas. Don't make your uh, uniforms the same uh, color as oh, ours. Don't copy our beer. Like oh, they got a bridge. They got a bridge. Uh, yeah, uh, what is that? <laughs> that I've always, I, I see that. I hear about this bridge with Iowa State. It, is, what is it? Is it literally just a bridge or is there like something inside of it? It's a bridge to nowhere. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever been to Ames, you know what we're talking about. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing there. So, I mean, I can literally, every time I drive into Ames, hear the banjo playing in the background. <laughs> and then tumbleweed rolls across the road. I mean, just a desolate place. And... I don't know what the whole, you're dumping millions of dollars into a bridge. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess I don't really understand when Jack Trice looks like a souped up, you know, high school stadium and you're building a bridge that you're excited about. I don't really get it, but I, 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 I don't know. We'll be over there in September to watch him play the Hawks. So right. anyway, Adam, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, like I said, Circle of Trades, uh, we'll, we'll be on next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>